This podcast is part of the Everyday Heroes Podcast Network, the network for first responders and those who support them. And so emotional affairs are those hits like, oh, I want to spend more time with this person or we have something in common. I can't tell you how many times we're like, well, we just have more in common. I'm like, "Mm, that's crap. Welcome to the Off-Duty Podcast, the podcast where we interview the men and women of law enforcement and help you to learn about the person behind the badge. If this is your first time tuning in, thank you. My name is Anthony McNeil, retired police officer and your host. Let's get started. Hey, what's going on? Once again, it's me, your boy, Anthony McNeil. Back this time with a bonus episode of the Off-Duty Podcast. This is a portion of my recent VIP episode with Miss Cindy Doyle, who was a previous guest on the podcast on the Ride Along episode, episode number 88. Um, There's a link to that episode down in the show notes, so make sure you go over and check that out. Um, I wanted to give you a little bonus here so that you can check out some of the content that is being shared over on the VIP membership. Um, If you're not a VIP member, man, you really need to become a member of the VIP. Not only are you going to get some great content, two episodes extra on top of what you already get from the free podcast, but a portion of your monthly membership would also go to help the First Responders Children's Foundation. Plus, you get a whole bunch of other goodies depending on what level you purchase uh, to become a member. But anyway, just wanted to give you a little taste of, of what the VIP um, episodes are all about. And once again, here's Miss Cindy Doyle, and she's talking about infidelity in the law enforcement profession. Enjoy the episode and make sure you click that link down in the show notes to become a VIP. Well, guys, listen, I asked Cindy to come back on because, I, like I said, she's a, a licensed therapist and this is kind of her wheelhouse here. Um, I want to talk about infidelity in the law enforcement profession. And when I put this out to my social media, her name came up a couple of times as someone that I needed to talk to about this conversation. So here we go. And as we were talking before this and Cindy mentioned that some of the other podcasts that she had been on talking about this subject, you know, people would say that officers or people in the profession don't like to talk about this subject. And I kind of see some some truth in that. I think it's a subject that everyone knows is there, but no one really wants to touch. Um, because we all know someone that is doing something that they shouldn't be doing. And, <laughs> and so it's just one of those things is better left unsaid. Um, but my first question to you is, can you share a little bit more about your, about your background in, in this area? Sure. Um, as a licensed professional counselor, I have a private practice in Denton, Texas. Um, which is the closest town to where I am. And I primarily work with uh, law enforcement first responders, but I specialize in also doing trauma and couples work, Okay, which kind of goes hand in hand because when there is an affair, it is very much recorded as a trauma. Who knew? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, it's just, you know, as I've, as my husband went along in his career and I started seeing um, kind of the fallout uh, I didn't know the word spillover at the time, but I started seeing things happening. We start, started seeing couples um, 
getting divorced. My husband would come home with stories about uh, people doing things in patrol cars with Whataburger people. Um, like there is like, he, <laughs> you know, you know, you know. It sounds like um, cops. <laughs> so he would come home with these stories and we would see people go through second and third marriages and like just, it was like, what is going on? And uh, there was this aspect where like we struggled, but at the same time, we kept thinking, what are we doing that we're not being kind of infiltrated by this? Um, and it's, and it's not like we were doing something special. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll definitely kind of share with that, but that's how I wound up moving into code boards. It's like, okay, what is it? Is it that my skills as a mental health professional and as a clinician help our relationship? And I would say it definitely did. And that's part of the reason why. Um, I founded Co4 because I wanted to inform and help more people to have stronger relationships and learn how to protect their relationships. Because ultimately, you know, having those strong relationships helps with resilience and, you know, decompressing. So mm-hmm. if your home life is good, your work life can be, you know, just your work life in the sense of like, I'm going to go to work. You don't have to have the, oh, wait, I got all this other stuff going on in the back of my mind, these stressors and kind of, you know, crazy double life stuff too, if we're talking about an affair, but you know, so that's kind of how I came about doing code four and, um, just all my interest in doing therapy and couples work. And I'm a nerd. So (laughs) (laughs) no, no, I mean, it's, it's funny because when you, you mentioned the thing about being a patrol car, it reminded me of a story that I'd forgotten about. Um, there was a gentleman that I used to work with, um, He's no longer with the department. As a matter of fact, he's probably in jail by now, but. (laughs) (laughs) But he, he, he transferred to our department from Florida and the guy was a piece of work. I'll just put it that way. Um, Turns to, turns out he was nothing that he said he was. Um, (laughs) He, 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 I'll put it to you this way. I got called one morning from our union president and the conversation went like this. What the fuck are you doing? I'm like, what are you talking about? (laughs) I I go, what are you talking about? He goes, I was having breakfast this morning and this guy comes in and says that you're fucking his 17 year old daughter. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? He goes, yeah. Yeah. Tell he says, tell Tony to stay away from my daughter. I do I have no idea what you're talking about. Turns out this guy that I used to work with was screwing everything that moved. And he was using my name. No. Yes. Yes. Oh wow. And I remember one night I'm sound asleep. It's about two o'clock in the morning. And the phone rings. My wife wakes me up. And she was like, why is that be calling here? I'm like, what are you talking about? And it was his wife. Apparently, he would go out and do his messing around and he would tell his wife that he was at work. Mm. Well, he would take his prep radio home. So when she his wife called him, it sounded like he was working. And I guess she called our house one night and I was sound asleep. I had no idea what was going on. My wife wakes me up because my wife answered the phone the first time and uh, his wife hung up and then she calls back or my wife called her back. I'm sorry. And she's like, well, I was trying to find 
Mm-hmm. I won't use his name, but I was trying to find such and such. And I heard that he was, he was riding with Tony and my wife went off and, you know, long story short, turns out this guy was screwing everything that mm-hmm. moved and he ended up getting fired because the department eventually caught him. And after about a year of being on the job that he had lied on his application about a whole bunch of other things. And from what I hear, he ended up going down to Florida to become a substitute teacher oh. or a teacher or something. And he ended up getting locked up oh, for rape. No. Oh no. So, he has a plethora of yeah. all kinds of other problems, which we are not going to discuss today. That is a whole nother level yeah. of mental health problems. But when you brought up the thing mm-hmm. about it in the car, it, it reminded mm-hmm. me of him because that was one of his escapades. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of like um there, there's a similarity to these stories that I hear a lot of times, especially in my office or from spouses or even from other officers, the similarity of like duplicity, like leading two different lives um, and having to figure out how do I, how do I hide this or how do I keep it on the side? The using, using shifts to try to hide behavior. That's, pretty common and similar or doing things on shift that they shouldn't be doing Mm -hmm. those kinds of things. And and so there is some similarity there and you got to remember that in doing those things, there's a, there's an excitement to that. And that many times that excitement, like the brain likes that excitement. It's like, Oh yeah, give me some more of that stuff. (laughs) And so that's a big part of what affairs do um, and it's not just for law enforcement, it's for anybody who has affairs. Because by the way, I just want to make a comment to this, that spouses cheat equally, like women cheat as much as men do. And that has changed since the 60s. Mm-hmm. So just FYI, we're not like just targeting officers here. <laughs> there are some elements um, with officers that kind of maybe potentially make them more prone to doing some of that activity. But mm-hmm. then there's also you know, opportunities for the spouses as well because of our lifestyle. Yeah. And, and it, man, now that, now that we're talking, all these stories are starting to come back to me um, because that I, there was two other guys that I worked with that that happened to them where their spouses mm-hmm. was cheating on them. And in your experience and working with the couples that you work with, I don't know how much that scenario is something that you deal with, whether spouse who's not in the profession is, is the one that's doing the cheating. It's really probably in my practice, it's more like a 60-40 where the male has cheated versus the female cheating. Um, I think a lot of times women and men respond to the information differently uh, if we want to go there really quickly. So women, a lot of times they're like, oh my gosh, you know, we're going to work this out. Um, and they want to come to therapy. And many times what I see with men is they just want to sweep it under the rug. So like if the if the spouse has mm-hmm. cheated, they're just like, oh, I just want to get over. You know, I like, that's fine, whatever. I'll just keep going, you know, or, and there's some accountability. Like they just want to be pissed off about it. Um, I have a, I have a former client. They're actually fantastic now. Let me just say that up front. Um, but I, I have a former couple that I saw and he, I, I kept trying to say, hey, we've got to unpack this in a different way. We've got to start talking about this in a different way. And he was so mad about the affair that like he left my office one day, slammed the door, you know, this kind of thing. 
He wanted to just go renew their vows and they would be fine. Um, he wanted to, yeah. uh, and he just wanted to be mad. He just wanted to be pissed off. And unfortunately for officers, what happens a lot of time is because they're hypervigilant at work, home then becomes a place, if their spouse is cheated, home becomes a place where they wind up becoming hypervigilant. Because now yeah, they've got exactly. a, home's not a safe place anymore. And so it's actually more, I think, personally, it's a little bit more work for me as a clinician to help an officer move through an affair that their spouse had. Unfortunately, in this situation, he came back, I want to say like seven or eight months later, he, he showed back up in my office alone. And he said, Cindy, I got so mad I hit her. I became one of the perps that I arrest wow. every day. And that's not a, like that was his line to say, like, I need help. And that's when we started to wow. do the work again. And that's when, um, you know, they, they moved through the affair. They moved through the hurt, the pain. They talked about what kind of caused the disconnection in their relationship. And then we went on to heal it. And they're, they're like a couple now that go around and preach to everybody about how you know, it's so important. Like they, they don't mind sharing their story. And, and that's what I think is really cool. Yeah. Um, but there's an equal number. I think for men, when they cheat, um, what I see a lot of times, there's always shame involved after the affair. Um, and so mm -hmm. men, many times they have that shame. They're like, I'll do whatever I need to do to make this right. And so they are more willing to go to therapy when they're the ones that have, uh, perpetrated the affair um and you know there, there's a whole process there i can talk about that but i think we want to talk about the lead up into that before we talk about the after effect yeah well i, I want to stay here on the, okay. on the spouses for a second because in the in the clients that mm -hmm. you've dealt with has there been a particular reason that the spouses has decided to go outside yeah, the marriage what happens many times is it, it you, you got to think about our relationships in general that, um, in general, there, there's a lot of disconnection in our relationships just simply because of the way we operate. We're on shift work. Um, you're sleeping. I'm trying to keep the kids quiet or go grocery shopping. I feel really alone. Maybe you don't get what it's like to be in my world. You don't understand what it's like to be alone and. And have to do everything and feel like all the responsibility relies on me. Maybe I'm not talking about it because I think my role is to make sure you're supported. And mm -hmm. then the other aspect is maybe you come home and that spillover that happens. That idea of like the react, I always talk about this, the reacting versus responding. So officers tend to react. So they many times when there's an emotion, the emotion comes out much larger then is needed. So like when milk gets spit, God dang it, you know, the milk spill, ah, you know, it's that kind of a thing. Yeah. Or it's the other side of the downside of hypervigilance where they're just like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And they're not really engaged because their brain is needing to recover. And we haven't done enough education with uh, spouses and with couples to help them understand that this is a part of the recovery. And so over the years, and especially before, I mean, I, my husband was an officer for 21 years. So I've been in this life for 22 years now. And I, it was years before I found Gil Martin's book. So I had no idea. And there mm -hmm. still are spouses that find my book now and they're like, 
holy cow, I didn't know this stuff existed. So we still are not doing enough education wise to help uh, spouses and officers understand. So what happens is we have that disconnection. I then kind of feel alone. I feel resentful. I feel like you don't get me. Um, and there becomes, um, I always use like Dr. Gottman's references, like he references the, the sound relationship house. And it's that idea of like the window gets cracked. And so once the window's mm-hmm. cracked open, I'm going to start looking out the window. My, my psyche is going to be open when somebody starts paying, giving me empathy going, wow, that's really hard that the he, that he doesn't value you or she doesn't value you if it's a same sex couple. Um, or if it's a female officer, right? It can be a female officer. Um, that that person doesn't value you. Mm-hmm. You do so much. Holy cow. Do you want to get together with co- for coffee? You know, and so now we start sharing our stories and it starts emotionally. There's an emotional connection there. And now that mm-hmm. I, and it's always a slow slide for either direction, but for, for spouses, that's what many times, that's the thread that I hear is that you weren't there. You didn't understand me. You, I felt on the outside, you didn't share me, share with me what was going on. I tried to get to you. I felt rejected. And, and that's what causes the, and, and I'm never, it's never somebody's fault, right? So I want to make clear that it's always the individual's choice to go down that direction and have an affair. It's never somebody's fault Mm -hmm. that somebody has an affair. There is some, but there are causes and effects. Right. So there's there's consequences when we don't have that connection. You nailed it. Looking back at some of the people that I work with and some of the situations that they went through, like you said, it was just that gradual thing. And and if you're on the outside looking in, you could see it coming. Mm -hmm. But most people that's in those situations, they are in denial and, you know, they have the blinders up or they just don't care anymore. And, you know, they next thing you know, they find themselves in this. (laughs) Thank you.